Hey, I'm Waylon. And I'm Allie. Welcome back to the Entrepreneurs Podcast, the podcast for and by female entrepreneurs, hosted by the Entrepreneurs Network. Each week, we bring you stories of female entrepreneurs around the world as we kickstart our own entrepreneurial journeys together. Today, we are delighted to have Kelly, the founder and CEO of Skillfully, a platform that aims to create a better way of hiring that opens the door to incredible opportunities for a broader range of driven job seekers. As well as being a CEO, she's also a dancer and dance teacher. Join us as we talk with Kelly about her entrepreneurial journey and how she found Skillfully with her partners. She also shares some useful tips for those who are looking to start a startup and be an entrepreneur and why you should follow your curiosity. Hello and welcome back to the Entrepreneurs Podcast. We are so honored and excited to have Kelly on today. How are you doing? I'm fantastic, especially talking to you too. So I'm wonderful. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. We're so honored to have you. I love that we are able, I still can't go to the fact that we're able to have this podcast and this network just completely virtually. Waylon's in Princeton. I'm in Shanghai. You're in Berkeley. Just we're totally on phase. This is just life now. Love it. Zoom just totally elevated this experience. Um, but just to get started, we'd love to ask our podcast guests, what is something that excites you when you wake up in the morning? Ooh. Oh my gosh. The morning excites me about the morning. I'm one of those people that doesn't love to sleep and I love to bounce out of bed and get moving. Um, I would say whatever I have on for the day, I usually start with a little, I need like my, like a child inside. I need to get my physical activity in. So yes. I, what gets me going is either like little morning yoga or usually yeah. a trail run. Um, so awesome. that's kind of what gets me excited about the day. And then I can do anything from there. Love it. Love it. Love it. Do you have like a favorite trail run that you like to do every day? Is there one that you Uh, gravitate towards? I like to switch it up, but there's some beautiful hills in the East Bay. I just moved to a new neighborhood in Oakland and there's a park called Joaquin Miller that is just captured my heart for the moment. It's pretty magical. So that's that's one of my favorites. Yeah. So, so, so cool. Um, Well, we love, love, love to hear about people who are able to have like different morning routines. Some people we see who are like very much like get out of bed get this stuff done other people they're like whatever and it's cool to see because like unfortunately sometimes we see in the media especially with female entrepreneurs that there's this like it girl we use this term a lot like this specific image that a female entrepreneur has to be like sometimes especially bay area you're like it's cool for like a male tech entrepreneur just like wear sweats all day and hang out and do whatever but female entrepreneurs they have to be up at five in the morning and they have like their perfect green smoothie and have like their three kids already in school and like that's not why is that the case so what are your thoughts on like the it girl female entrepreneur and like is that a reality what is that what is your experience with that I love that question. It's one that I haven't totally unpacked for myself, but I think there are different expectations, a hundred percent. And I love that you're, I love that that's something that you're not touching on for the first time. Um, I was lucky in school. I just finished my MBA at Berkeley and thank you. Yay. Virtual graduation. Woo. Oh my goodness. goodness. (laughs) No, it was, there were pros and cons. I I have to find silver lining and everything. I'm a bit of a Pollyanna, but um, one of the silver linings was getting to go a little bit deeper with classmates that stayed in the Bay area during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. 
And I had a couple of really close entrepreneur friends, um, some that were men that didn't live up to the, that were like very, very supportive and some that were just very strong women entrepreneurs who I sort of had as, you know, like tag team members, my little, my little ride or die crew Um, that's with that kind of like healthy energy around and the energy I would say of my co-founders um, that has kept me sane and maybe a little bit uh, blanketed from some of the more negative imagery or pressures there. Um, yeah, I think that's a, that's a definitely a real thing though, of feeling the pressure of, you know, having to having, I guess in the, the Bay Area, sometimes there is an image of what an entrepreneur is like an entrepreneur is X or an entrepreneur is Y I, I'm sure there is that in different cities or maybe universally too. Um, but I guess with the people that I've been surrounded by and just where I'm at in my career, I've, I've been different types of entrepreneurs and I'm surrounded by many different types of entrepreneurs. I happen to be a morning person, but I, it's very rare that I'll be that founder working until 2am. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to be that. I'm not going to be that girl. I'm not going to be that guy. There's no reason that's not good for your work health. That's not good for your mental health. not good for your social health. No reason. Yeah. Yeah. And I always go by like the slowest, smooth, smoothest, fast. I do work really, really hard and I do put in long hours, but yeah, burning the candle at all ends is it's just not a thing for creativity. Totally, totally, totally. Could not agree with you more. Yeah. And I think our audience needs to hear it more. I think especially at the college level, it's very much like grind now so that you can be happy in the future. Everyone's always like, (laughs) even in freshman year, it's like, okay, grind for these next 12 weeks. And then the last day of school, you can like do something crazy. You can do something fun. And then like, okay, get through the internships and then get through the job and then get through retirement. And then like the end is like never ending work. So I don't know. Putting boundaries is so, so important. Um, But you mentioned that you've been kind of an entrepreneur your whole life and you are the CEO and head of growth at Skillfully, which we'll get into for sure later. But I really want to see like where the beginning roots of your entrepreneurship journey started. Like what were like the small little seedlings where you could see that you were an entrepreneur? Um, This could go way back to when you were like a little kid or it could start somewhere in college. Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, and I don't, I don't know if I'm one of those that's, that like self-identifies as an entrepreneur my whole life. I maybe, if I have to say anything I've identified with my whole life, it's maybe being like very creative and really independent and yeah, and like pretty driven. I do just love, I love a challenge. And I think, I think my mom mostly for that, she was really good at helping me get out of my comfort zone and pushing me to get out of my comfort zone constantly. Um but yeah, the creative and, and independence are maybe what I can cite as like the earliest. Um, I've been a dancer my whole life. I still dance. I still teach dance and I teach a little little hip hop class with a couple of classmates every every week in Berkeley, um, which has been part of my pandemic sanity, um, <laughs> being able to have a creative outlet. Um, so I, I would say like some of that I helps me protect my mental space too. Like when you're asking about, you know, the, the hustle and how do you manage sleep and do you have to live up to that image and um I think you know when I start to feel like I'm not as creative anymore that's when I feel like I'm losing part of my soul (laughs) you know so that's where sleep comes in that's where balance comes in that's where yeah just knowing what actually makes you creative and what doesn't um so but I would yeah I guess the first inklings of entrepreneurship 
Yeah, I think I was always, always very curious about running my own show, but I felt like I really wanted to learn from other people first. Um, so maybe that might be atypical for an entrepreneur, but I really, I felt like I had so much to learn. I was like a little sponge in the beginning. I was always really curious about other cultures and about different leadership styles, especially women leaders. Um, and I think that my first curiosity, I was working for a big company and I was really curious about, you know, doing things my own way someday, having a little bit more room to experiment. And, and then kind of just the stars aligned and I got the chance to first be an independent consultant and then start my own company after that. Um, because one of my clients was able to give me some, some funding to run with a project of my own for the first time. Um, and through those two experiences, I just realized, wow, I love wearing seven hats instead of one. I love being, you know, so many times in life you're pushed towards specializing and I not gonna be a specialist. Mm -mm. I, I realized that that's okay to be, to be a dabbler or to be a generalist or to find your path, like build your path as you lay the bricks in front of you a little bit. If I can make up a metaphor on the fly, um, do. build the plane as you fly, you know? Um, and that, that was super interesting because I realized, you know, you get to, you're so challenging to wear all the multiple hats of running a project on your own from hiring, which is actually hiring for my first company is where I came up with the idea for skillfully to firing, unfortunately, to growing a business, to working in the field, literally to, you know, having to know the financials and building financial models, doing all of that at once really got me going. And that, yeah, I really love that. That's amazing. So I love that what you said about being a sponge and wanting to learn, because I think that's one of the most important, important things. Like right now, although like I'm doing my own entrepreneurial stuff, I'm also working at a startup and the founder of the startup is one of my close mentors and friends. And what he said to me at the beginning was like, especially when you're young, you want to be somewhere where you can learn at the most, at the most quick rate, like at the fastest rate. Like you don't want to be somewhere for five years and learn like a thing. And that's why startups are such a cool thing. And like, I don't have to tell this to you. You're in the Berkeley, you're in the Bay Area, you know, this stuff. But like, I really, really resonate this. Um, and like you see, like, cause sometimes even in school, it takes a while to learn things in school. You don't, sometimes yeah. it, it feels frustrating. You're like, wow, like I'm learning so much more in such a shorter amount of time with the startup or this company or this experience rather than being in school. And of course, I'm not going to deny school. School is very important. I appreciate school. Everyone has their own journey, yada, yada, yada. But yeah, definitely. Like for me, I found being able to be a quick sponge was working at startups. What is something that you were able to find to be like a great way for you to learn as quick as possible? And what sort of tips would you have for someone who's looking to just like learn, learn how to be an entrepreneur, learn a new skill, anything like that? Yeah, I love that question. I have like 35 answers for it. So I need to train myself let's in. Let's do like your top three. Let's do your top three. Yeah, okay, let's do top three. Will, yeah. um, okay, so number one, I love this. I heard this phrase one time because everybody talks about passion, passion, passion all the time. And for me, that phrase never really resonated. Somebody, I heard them substitute in the word curiosity instead of passion. And they said, follow your curiosity. Chase your curiosity down. And for me, that was somehow simpler because what I'm curious about, I'm incentivized to keep 
doing that. Like you asked what I do in the morning. I'm curious what it looks like outside. I'm curious what the trail is going to be like today. That's what gets me out of bed in the morning. You know, I'm curious what my co-founder is feeling that morning. So I can't wait to get out of bed and ask him what he thought about overnight. You know, um, that kind of creativity energy keeps, keeps you going, keeps you engaged and will keep your learning curve much more vertical than horizontal. So I, I love that. Um, that was just advice that was, that was given to me. Um, Number two, just like a practically what worked for me is super interesting because it's so different than entrepreneurship in yeah. a way, but my first step into professional world outside of university was with a huge management consulting company. And I learned it was such a different way of using my brain because I'm not a very analytical person. I'm not very quantitative. I'm not very structured. Um, and so it was a challenge for me in that aspect. And I loved it because it got me out of my comfort zone again. And it taught me so much in such a short period of time. And through client service, I got to know so many different jobs in a short period of time. So I, again, following your curiosity, you could end up at a startup, you could end up at a huge company and Either way, if you keep that curiosity mindset, I think you can go far. The other, which is like sort of a hilarious plug that I'm going to give to Skillfully right now, but is finding something like Skillfully. Skillfully lets you try something before you buy it, i.e. a consulting internship. You can do a micro internship on Skillfully, learn a skill quickly, earn your skill badges, realize in a short span of time, do I really like this? Does this really click? get those skills, understand the vernacular, meet other hustlers doing the same thing, get mentorship and realize quickly, is this right for me before I spend my whole four years of academia chasing that dream only to then get the job and have it not be the right fit. So I would also say find ways to like micro test and experiment along the way. I love that so much. And I think that what you say about like follow your curiosity rather than passion, I think passions are very short term, like something you could be very passionate about something for like two months, two days, one day, like a minute, right? And like that passion can die quickly, but it's really the curiosity that kind of like leverages it, right? It's like the underlying thing. I always go back to this. I saw um, one of the like fitness people I follow on Instagram. Um, they always go back to like, it's not about, you know, being excited or like enthusiastic every single day to go to the gym. It's about like, di like discipline to go. Right. And it's like thinking about those long-term skills or like they were saying like motivation, um, won't keep you going. It's like the discipline that will keep you going and thinking of those like long-term things for sure. I love those but, nuances. Yeah. Well, she <laughs> is very much wise beyond her years very very much so I oh, are you I see you I see you <laughs> I see you've hinted a little bit at skillfully and I would love to dive into more of like the start of it like how did you think of this idea um and where did it all begin yeah so it's interesting because skillfully actually has two founder stories two genesis stories because we were two companies before my co-founder and I merged which is which is wonderful. So we were, we were twice as strong, I feel like, because we were two companies to begin with. But from my side, I was working in a small country in Southern Africa called Eswatini. Um, it's actually been in the news recently. It's formerly called Swaziland, small, yeah. small country. It's been in the news recently because they've had um, some social and political uprisings there. Um, it, I was there that was where I went off to do my first independent consulting gig and ended up, I was supposed to be there for six months. 
stayed for four years Love it. Um, and had the chance to, yeah, it was, you know, just a classic, classic, extension. classic, <laughs> no, my parents were like, we're going to go to Hong Kong for two years. They've been there for 27 years. So you, your parents wow. can understand completely and yeah. commiserate with my poor family that was like, um, we thought you were coming back for Christmas two years ago. Um, so it was a fantastic experience and I, I, yeah, I had the chance to start a project that was growing super, super quickly. And I was having to hire and bring a lot of people on board. And I was looking for, I was feeling the pain of resume based hiring essentially, and hiring from the network that I knew hiring based on the skills or the academic pedigree on a resume. And I found myself searching for a better way to hire people that was wasn't just correlated academic performance or what you studied in university to your performance in the field. Cause I was finding those two things really weren't related. I was finding my best employees sometimes had little to no education. I'm putting air quotes for those of you that aren't zooming in, um, yeah. but had, but were very educated or had the right mindset to grow the business or saw 10 steps ahead in a different way. And around about that time, I was looking to transition the, the business to somebody else because I was looking to go to business school back in the US. And I ended up just writing my entrance essays into all the schools I was applying to about this idea of, you know, I think there's a better way to hire. I want to test this out. I want time in business school to research this and see if people like the companies that I used to work for, the big management consultancies or big finance houses are interested in hiring based on relevant skill sets instead of academic pedigree and kind of like breaking the mold of the target school. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. For sure. So then where did that lead you? Tell me more. Yeah. So then that led me, that led me to Berkeley. Eventually I was super lucky to get the chance to move back to the U S I'd been abroad for seven years at that time. So it was a big transition for me back. And I feel really lucky. I had a pretty soft landing in, in Berkeley kicking off my MBA there. Um, and this is where like the great entrepreneurship community and having people in your court came in, came in really handy because I was planning to spend at least a year researching kind of like alone by myself in the library, which if you know me, that would have never been a happy existence for me. But that's my plan. <laughs> I was going to research. I was going to try to try to figure this out. I was going to try to crack the code and do a lot of interviews, but I was also just going to spend time researching it. And one of my great friends, fellow entrepreneurs, his name's Akon. He also has a brilliant startup called Winko Solar. Plug, Love plug. Um, he urged me to just try it. He was like, what do you have to lose? There's so many little incubators and accelerators. Put your idea out there. And I just thought, that's interesting. The quicker I put the idea out there more publicly, the quicker I can get pushback on it. The quicker people can tell me somebody's already doing this. The quicker people yeah. can me with people who are already working on this, i.e. my eventual co-founders, Brett and Johnson, who I ended up meeting through the network. Um, So it led me there and I worked on the company for just under a year until I joined forces with, um, with Brett and Johnson, who were working on the same idea, but had just done complementary work. They'd focused more on the product and on branding and fundraising. I'd focused more on doing grassroots pilots and partnerships. And we were just both so early stage and knew we'd be stronger together and join forces in August of last year. So we've been together for a year. Um, and then we launched officially in December and it's been really off to the races since. <laughs> That's amazing. So for those who have never used Skillfully 
or don't know what it is, can you give us a quick 30 second summary of what it is and how can it be helpful for female entrepreneurs in college? Yeah, 100%. Um, so it's essentially uh, the last mile of skills training that you go through before you get a job. Um, some people call it a little virtual internship. It's a little bit okay. more than that, but it's basically a chance to, how, how you said, I think it was you, Alexander, that said, you know, sometimes we don't get that chance to, to pause and really totally. think about what we need and want. We're just go, 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 because we're on that, that treadmill or we're feeling the pressure. And the first step of Skillfully is walking through some really interesting assessments that force you to pause and get to know yourself a little bit better or just and relearn <laughs> things and just like treat yourself to the chance of reflecting and understanding how your personality shows up at work, how you work with other people, what times of day you work best, which cognitive functions are strongest for you. And with that, then you jump into our skill ladders where you're earning like very specific badges, which is great because kind of right away on the platform, you get the chance to take those badges and add them to your resume or start talking about them in interviews. Um, but even if you go through, if you wait to take advantage of the badges until the end of your experience, if you do the full program, it's about two months. Um, otherwise you can do a fast track and you upskill, you learn what it's like to do a job. Right now we have skill ladders in management consulting and a number of different finance ladders, um, yeah. we'll be expanding to healthcare, um, entrepreneurship, tech um, in the future. Um, and then you get the chance to connect to employers from there. I think the oh, one thing I love about this is that so many female college entrepreneurs and so much, so many female college students in general, I feel like finance is so inaccessible like you have clubs and they're like oh my goodness join us you don't need any experience and then their acceptance rate is like two percent or like yeah, their acceptance rate is like three percent and it's like all the kids who have either read like tons and tons of books about finance have dads who work in finance know somebody yeah. who like can help teach yeah. them and like as yeah. someone who's like my dad doesn't really? work in finance so like I applied and then I like really didn't know anything and they were like why are you applying sort of deal and oh, it's just goodness. it's very discouraging to not know yeah. like where to get the hard skills and I'm so glad skillfully is kind of taking that like one for the team and like giving those skills and making them so accessible and I really resonate with the message there wow yeah. you're giving me goosebumps that's exactly <laughs> why we exist that's exactly exactly why we exist that's, that's so amazing I love Thank Especially you. with COVID, I'm sure people were just sitting at home and slowly really had their chance to sign. So, of course, we ask people COVID stories as they are relevant to the show, but I'm particularly interested to see how skillfully thrived or they were able to adapt to the COVID situation. Yeah, that was that was super interesting because it was COVID and the social justice uprising, the yeah, the necessary oh, reawakening that happened yeah. last year. So it was interesting how that also just tipped um, maybe like to some companies who weren't as interested before or who didn't have the incentive to care as much yet um, yeah. or who maybe didn't didn't have the like the people there's always people who care in big in big companies but they just hadn't worked it into the structure of the organization yet we started to get a lot more interest from our employers so that just made it all the more exciting to bring more learners onto the platform more users um, because more employers more amazing employers were excited to hire from a broader range of backgrounds um, and not just from their target schools and 
Yeah. So what's been really cool is with many big enterprise employers, they've just said, we've made it easy for them. We've said, okay, guys, let's just do a pilot to start with. And then you can meet our brilliant learners and then you'll be hooked. Like just, just do a pilot with us. Like just even hire 15 people from us, just hire two people from us. Let's just see how this works. Um, So that was, that was cool in COVID. And then just taking the geography importance down a notch. um, It's not completely, completely gone away, but being able to connect people, I mean, even people living in in rural areas who are brilliant and driven and just don't have the ability to fly to New York for for an interview, um, connect through, through Skillfully. And one of the coolest things was one of the big banks that we work with said to us, one of the elements of diversity that we're looking to scale up in the organization is geography, geographical yeah. diversity, where we source candidates from. And I was like, for a company, we, we focus on every dimension of diversity. And that was so cool for me to see that they're adding that to their, to their list of things yeah, that matter. Sure. Cause that just means we'll get more diversity of thought in the organization. Right. I love yeah, that. Yeah. I think both like on two notes, first of all, um, you know, there's like this meme, I don't know, like it goes a lot in like college meme pages, but it's like the cycle and it's like, you know, jobs are looking for experience, but you need a job to like yeah. have an experience and it's just like a yeah. never ending cycle. I feel like skillfully is really trying to like break that cycle. Oh, and so cool. I'm super excited to actually like go ahead and like start using it. That sounds amazing. Yeah. And then the second thing I think both me and Ali really resonate with this global perspective coming from Hong Kong, yeah. like Singapore, Netherlands, um, all uh, Canada, all of these different places. Like I think it's so cool that companies are starting to look for that global perspective and um, really see its importance too. Yes. To that note, I can't say anything yet, but we are adding a new skill ladder likely in the next couple of months that has to do exactly with, with that. So stay tuned. I might need you guys as ambassadors of this, of the new addition to our platform. I think saying no is just not even a possible option after talking to you like not even an option I can't even I can't even muster up those words um so has a plethora of different courses and places but let's say I'm a female entrepreneur or let's say I'm yourself I'm myself I'm, I'm at UC Berkeley I'm 19 I want to start it skillfully I want to learn a skill to further my entrepreneurial journey which course, where should I start? What, should, what skill do you think is needed right now in the workforce to start a company? What do you think someone needs to be equipped with? That's, that's a really good question. Oh, I love that question. I think it's, a, it's actually something I would love to sit with and give you a better answer than whatever I'm going to come up with right now. I mean, one place that a lot of power historically has been lost for women in personal, in work, in across the board is in finance, is in the depth of access, of knowledge, of like multi-generational knowledge. Um, Within, I loved your example. It's just, it's so resonant. And I think, I mean, that's why one of our partner organizations is 100 Women in Finance. That's why organizations like that exist is to like, and what else is there? There's girls who invest. There's invest with girls. There's 100 Women in Finance. There's Rock the Street, Wall Street. There's a lot of great organizations, just like all of them out there, all of them needed hustling to kind of break that cycle. Um, Understanding your cap table as a entrepreneur. I mean, that's a skill that I'm still working on understanding all the ins and outs 
thoughts of it, understanding your rights, understanding your personal finance, understanding the finance of your company. I can't kind of underpin how important all of that is. And I say this as a person who that's like one of one of my weaknesses, definitely. So I can't underpin that enough. I mean, how do I say this without sounding super corny? Like collaboration work and working in teams, working with people very different than you and understanding how to let them shine um, and amplify their work because amplifying their work will amplify your work and hold each other up and cheer each other on practicing that muscle and, you know, the, the grace under pressure or just the, the yes. And, or just the, finding a way to give that like really real time, tough feedback in a really compassionate way is literally just like a muscle that needs to be like worked out at the gym. You know, we need our, we need our fitness instructor on Instagram also to tell us what's up in that, in that, in that field. Um, Yeah. Those are the two that come to mind. Um, I would love, yeah, I'd love to hear your guys thoughts on it, on what you're hearing on the ground too. Yeah. That's a great idea. Um, I will just note though, you said hundred women in finance. We actually had Amanda Pullinger on the CEO uh, a couple weeks ago and we actually are working with them right now. That's why we were laughing. We have a call just about with them to discuss how we're going to do like a student program with them. So we love the collaborations. We love to hear it. hundred percent. Yeah. Um, I guess in terms of skills and kind of hearing on the ground, as a student that like, I'm, I'm being told myself, like, this is something you need to know. I think coding and like that sort of thing yeah. has been a thing for the last like 20 years for, or so. But right now, um, I remember like I took a class. So right now I'm sitting in Shanghai, as I mentioned, and something that my professor who I took a class with in January over like the January break uh, in sustainable business and economics, he's like the only job in the world right now where there is more supply than demand is in data sciences. And yeah. I'm like, damn. Yeah. That's true. So ergo, I am doing a major in data science, the concentration in economics, and it's completely new to me. I was not one of those kids in high school who like coded all day. I didn't know anything. And I have a lot of imposter syndrome coming in. Like I'm doing all these Kegel courses about data science. And I feel like, oh my goodness, I don't know enough. I like built an app and had a unicorn company that's gone crazy. And like, that's okay. It's okay. We're all learning. Um, That's but I think data science is definitely like knowing how to code, knowing how to manage big data, machine learning. Like this is all like jargon words that everyone's using, but like actually understanding them is like so crazy. And it's even like COVID is the perfect example. Like the reason we were able to do everything and like see this data and like be able to make policies off of it is because of the big data and because of the data scientists. So that's just one example. What do you think, Waylon? What do you think is like a skill that like everyone's talking about at Princeton? Like you got to learn. Yeah, for sure. I think for the most part, it's really just like the confidence levels of a lot of females. Like I went in kind of not knowing anything about finance, getting that first rejection from like, well, not first, like 10 rejections from like different finance clubs and then feeling like I was not going to be capable of breaking in or breaking into VC. Um, And so I think for a lot of girls, like that's pretty discouraging and like even trying the skill or like, um, like at Princeton, you'll walk into the cafeteria, you'll see a guy who's like, has a planet named after him or like he like has won like he's like the top like person in math and you see them going into finance and it can be quite discouraging Mm -hmm. so I definitely agree with you finance is one but I think honestly it's more just like the culture around it and like letting girls know that like it's possible it's not rocket science to like break into an industry and like if you're willing to put in the effort it's not going to be like the end of the world that you don't get into like a college club or something 
Yeah. Oh, let's see a course in skillfully confidence with Kelly Cure. That oh would. Oh my gosh! Can we please? Can we please? I would. I would be there immediately. Immediately. My my co-founders might veto that one. They may. They might think. No. Get a dose of that every day. Oh my goodness! No, I think Waylon makes such a good point. When is yeah, confidence ever taught? I also think it's sharing stories like yours, where mm-hmm. you were a creative all your life. You know, Ali too. Like you're you're not someone who has that background, and then you were you you really tried to break in. And I think a lot of times I see people who are like math majors, and then they go to finance, and that makes sense, right? Like for them, like I like it's a very linear path. Yeah. Like rarely do I see girls talk about, hey, like you can be a politics major, you can be a sociology major, and you can still break into finance. It's not going to be like super difficult. You don't have to burn the oil, like the midnight oil to get there. So I would love, like, I'm so glad we can share your story today and like hopefully share it with more people. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I, I also think that's such an important point that you touch on is like the linear path. I definitely had a little bit of a, just like a, a little bit of like imposter or shame or something around. Oh, the yeah. That I didn't have a, a straight path for a oh, while yeah. until yeah. I woke up and realized that like, hello, I was never going to have a straight path. I mean, look at, look at me. <laughs> it's always going to be crooked. And that's super beautiful and interesting and like come on let's celebrate that but I think that's coming from a little bit of a point of privilege because now I'm now I get to be comfortable in this and just a little bit further on in my career so so yeah I celebrate the the crooked path the non-linear path and I I do think it's becoming more of a thing which which yeah definitely especially with COVID like you think you're going on this path you think you're like working for this company wherever okay what happens if they lay you off after 25 years then what then what I love that point yeah yeah so that's like on a macro level so so true existentially even like we think we know what what the world is we know nothing (laughs) we know nothing yeah there is one question I've been dying to ask this whole time Mm -hmm. so just from your vibe I can just tell you are such a lifelong learner like you are a sponge you want to soak up information so first of all where did you get this has this always been something and second of all as a lifelong learner what advice would you give to someone who is feeling a little like apprehensive or maybe like overwhelmed oh my gosh there's so much to learn okay I have to be confident but also I want to learn data science but also I need to do this skill but also have to go to college like where do you begin? What's a practical first step? Where do I begin? I'm not going to become a CEO overnight. Where do I begin today? What is something I can do right now for listening to this podcast episode? Oh my gosh. I love that so much. Like for me, I have to pause everything. I need to like to answer that question for, sure. for myself. Cause I need to answer that question. Like please several times a year, probably. Yeah, no, please. please, I have to like clear the clear, at least and clear an hour, give yourself a quiet space, like carve it, find it, claim it, stake your ground, get that hour. And I would say like, start to start to make a little, if you can bucket the areas of your life that are, that are really interesting to you right now, or that are giving you energy and start to think, okay, well, what, how do I get my energy right now? Okay. I get energy from, from my friends. I get energy and like, it's a, it's a mixture of what am I getting energy from and what are my obligations? I get energy from like friends and family, physical activity, hobbies, whatever that is. And then like school and then career, or it's like the side hustles and career or school and side hustles and start to like, kind of under these verticals, this is how, this is how my brain works vision board however it works for you to kind of what are what are the things that are on your plate right now 
And then they're kind of starring what's giving you the most positive energy, where you're learning the most from and kind of give some stars to the things that, that are really giving you energy right now. And that are really exciting that are really challenging you or that you're like hating, but you know that you're getting something from it. And there's, you know, it's, it's a good, it's a good burn. Um, and double down in those areas and simplify, maybe declutter the other things that are on the plate. Um, and maybe leave a, a last column open for what's not on my plate that I wish was on my plate. At the end of the day, when you have what you've starred and you look where you, that's kind of like where you're at and what you're giving energy to today and what you could do, but like your micro step tomorrow is like starring those and saying, okay, where am I going to double click? Where am I going to zoom in? Then the optimal thing would be like, okay, is that going to, is that going to get me to where I want to be? Or do I need to really de-emphasize some of what's on my plate and emphasize that last column a little bit more of new things. Um, but I would say where we can, like in general, let me super generalize. A lot of us, especially when we're in school, overcommit. Maybe, maybe most of us do. And if you can fight the urge to overcommit, you'll have richer experiences. I really needed to hear that. Like, I don't think you know how much I needed to hear that, but like last week I called Allie crying. I was like, I have, I'm such a yes person all the time. And like, I see, like, I think everyone does this, but like you see potential in things and then you get nervous that like, if you don't take this one opportunity, then what happens? Like everything is not going to work out. Like what if this is the one? And I think I get so in my head about those experiences that I say yes to everything. And then I'm like, well, this is only two hours. This is only two hours. This is only four hours. And then I end up sleeping like four hours a day. So I will definitely be writing down all of the buckets and then (laughs) reprioritizing. I think I just needed to hear that. Like Thank you from the just bottom do that of my after heart. this. Like, yeah. Just call and do that after. Can we like actually do that like after this? Like, actually. Like cathartic. <laughs> Let's actually do that. Awesome. No, I give you guys so much credit, um, so much credit too, because like with two two things on the thought of like the the FOMO, if we can just call it that of like yeah. FOMO one yeah. opportunity, right? Is like, okay, two things come to mind. One is I feel like a lot of times we overcommit because there's time, so much time pressure to commit. It's like, tell me, tell me now, 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 do you want to do it? Do you want to do it? Okay. Yeah. yeah. And I think if I'm trying to like break that and ask for a little bit of time and I see, I'm inspired by other people that I see doing it too. Like, can I have two days to think about that? Can I have three days to think about it? Can I have four hours to think about it, to just do that step back and maybe do like a mini back of the pencil, you know, call your best friend, meditate on it, whatever, eat something delicious, enjoy it. And then come back to the thought, you know, like whatever gives you a little pause, break the, cause in the moment you're like, it's, you almost have like the adrenaline or the rush of the excitement of the new thing. And you want to say yes. You want to say yes. Cause, and of course it's a new hot thing, but if you just like pause for a minute, yeah 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 yeah. there's shiny objects everywhere i love it i love glitter ah yes (laughs) the opportunity is abundant like exploding confetti ah no okay no so which what is it actually is it actually going to keep me on my track um so like just just pausing a minute um pausing a minute to think about that and then the other thing that has become so real to me about having too many different things on the plate 
like yeah. a really, a really beautifully colored plate with lots of different types of food on it. But the switching cost between jumping from one to the next is so much because it takes a minute to put your other, I love wearing all the hats, like I said, yeah. but it does take a minute to switch your hat. And if you're, if it's a creative thinking, if it's a strategic thinking, if it's even like a bang it out task, like each one of those takes a minute to settle into and do a little research or understand what the task at hand is or get in the right mindset. And if if you have 30 things on your plate that day, you know, you're just gonna, it's going to be difficult. So yeah, yeah sparked all these thoughts. Sorry, I had to share. No, I love it. Um, <laughs> as we begin to wrap up the podcast, we'd love to ask you just a few questions. And uh, the first thing is what is something that you love about yourself today? Oh, that's such a nice question. I just, I feel really lucky that I have such good friends. I have two friends coming to stay with me this evening and I get to show them oh my, my, my new home and, I love that I've been so lucky to have a network of great people around me. I love yeah. that for sure. And what is something that you are grateful for today? Ooh, oh, I'm super grateful. We had a really sunny morning recently. We've had foggy mornings and it was so totally. beautiful in my garden. The flowers were all winking at me. And I just, you know, on a sunny morning, you just have a little extra spark energy. Oh, yeah. So that on a yeah, Monday. Like a donkey, I like, yeah, yeah. I don't, basically, I didn't know yes. it was a Monday. Yeah, awesome. exactly. And what does it mean to be an entrepreneur to you? And if you don't know, by the way, new, uh, Chinese new, this means female. Oh, I was, I wanted to ask. Okay. Thank yeah. you for me. Oh, I love yeah, it. So new is, it means female in Chinese. So like our background connection to China and Chinese, we found a little play on words on there. So yeah. What does that entrepreneur mean to you? That's beautiful. And yeah, yeah makes, makes me feel even more humbled to be on the podcast. <laughs> um, I think it means a lot of like feelings come through me and not enough words. Um, oh, I love it. I love it. I what are you feeling? What are you feeling? I just feel like kind of peaceful, actually. I think that's part of what it is, is like, I guess it just means getting to be myself right now. That's what it, that's what it means. I feel like through skillfully, I'm getting to be, yeah, like it's cliche, but like my, my whole self. Um, cause it's, a, it is, it's creative. It's really connected to wonderful people through our partners and our, our we have a phenomenal team. Um, it's put me in touch with great female entrepreneurs like you guys. Um, it's challenging. It's still quantitative. It's still analytical. Um, it's letting me live in the Bay area right now, which I love. So it, it means, um, yeah, just getting a chance to be myself and to maybe set an example for other female entrepreneurs or maybe continue Definitely. to learn from other female entrepreneurs and other team members. Yeah, I love that. I, love that I feel so like your much. questions are so deep. I'm going to be meditating on them all night. That's our hope. Oh my goodness. And so to wrap us up, I, I feel so sad that the podcast is ending already, but um, for our audience who want to check out you, who want to check out Skillfully and continue to support, how can they do that? Yeah, please. Um, if we can share our website, share my LinkedIn, share my email, like I'm, I'm an open, open door, open book, um, love meeting new people, love supporting new people. Um, it's super easy to sign up for skillfully. It takes like three minutes, maybe tops. And you get to jump in by taking those assessments. It's all free. So it's just, you can kind of just like treat yourself. Like I said, to that moment of 
like renewing your understanding of yourself, how you work, how you think. Um, but yeah, hit me up on LinkedIn, please, please join skillfully email me. I'm, I'm here and I want to, yeah, would love to keep supporting you guys in this journey and podcast. And I'm going to be tapping you as ambassadors in the future. So, uh, so keep your doors open. <laughs> so much thank you thank you thank you that wraps it up for today's podcast thank you so much for tuning in we hope you learned a lot about kelly and skillfully great thanks to win and claire as our podcast producers too check out our past episodes and look out for our upcoming episodes featuring inspiring female entrepreneurs on spotify apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening to this podcast now to stay updated and involved join the entrepreneurs network community on our instagram and linkedin and get in touch with us to share your very own entrepreneurial journey